Welcome to the Living Jewishly Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Malaman. I'm Rabbi Yossi Saperman. And I'm Rabbi Bluth. We talk about Judaism, and we talk about living, and we talk about everything in between. And what it means to be Jewish and human in today's world. Judaism is not nearly as boring as I thought it was. We're not selling you on Judaism. We're not selling you on living. We're just trying to get you inside of our brains, the way we think about stuff. And the way we feel about stuff. And we'll try to be as real as possible. By getting you into our Jewish brain, you'll argue a lot, you'll disagree, you'll love, you'll eat, you'll have a really good time, you'll learn a lot of things, and you know what? You might actually find that all those 3,000 years have been worth it. And maybe we'll even come out being better people for it. Welcome to Sacred Time, a podcast from Living Jewishly, where we explore the healing art of the Hebrew calendar. My name is Bluth. And my name is Ganga Devi, and together we are exploring the wisdom of each of the 12 months of the Hebrew calendar as they relate to our lives today. Our intention for this podcast is that it be rooted in tradition, blossom into relevance in the present moment, and lead us all to the ripening of a beautiful Jewish future. Welcome to the podcast for the month of Cheshvan. How did I pronounce that? Perfectly. (laughs) So, Bluth, tell us a little bit about the month of Cheshvan. So, Cheshvan. So, here we are in Cheshvan in the month after Tishrei. So, the month after our high holiday month. And in some ways, I would say it's the opposite of last (laughs) month. Last month was stuffed with holidays, with markers of time and ritual and gathering and all that kind of stuff and Cheshvan comes as as a as the opposite it's a it's a totally blank slate it has no it has no moments punctuating time for ritual for reflection for celebration for gathering it's sometimes known as Mar Cheshvan sort of calling attention to the almost bitterness of this time or I never feel that it's bitter but the plainness maybe it's like a plain month it doesn't have the structures that usually carry us it's a it's a pause it's an opportunity, and it's also associated with water. It has the Parsha of Noah's Ark during the Torah reading of this month, and 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 the Kabbalists associate this month with water. So there is an element of flow, cleanse, change, move. And then, of course, we think of Noah's Ark and, and sort of self, or not just self, but communal animal animal based protection and destruction it's quite a climate you know i guess in some ways it it follows well from sukkot that we go from the holidays of sukkot into the month of cheshvan where the story is the big flood but without getting too much into that i would say cheshvan is it's pretty blank well it's blank and also i i was just reflecting as you're sharing that that you know thinking about about noah and noah's ark and and so much of that story is like noah having to figure out how to do something that 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 there was no model for him that there is he didn't know how to do you know he's like living in the desert and it's like build a boat you know what is that even <laughs> i don't know and so you know something that that we're going to be talking about today is how do we create structures that support what is important to us and what is necessary for us in the absence of of models and and external structures that show us how to do that and so you know without without any holidays in this month we have to ask ourselves how do we prioritize what is sacred to us 
And how do we connect to and structure our own lives from a place of, of, of empowerment and creativity to connect with what is sacred to us? And, and to start off with, we'll expand a little bit what we mean by sacred. I know this podcast is called Sacred Time. If you're listening, you might not have a total allergy to that word, but a lot of people do. <laughs> a lot of people don't connect with that language. So whether this, that's you or someone in your life that you might want to talk to about some of these ideas, let's talk a little bit more about what what we mean when we talk about what is sacred. What does that mean to you, Booth? It's an evolving concept, but I think the most poignant piece of the sacred is that it is very personal. I guess simultaneously, I would say it's very personal. It's very subjective. It's my inner intimate experience, my values, my priorities, my drives. At the same time, I think what is sacred inherently connects us to something beyond ourselves. But it means that the starting point is a place of the self, of self-inquiry, understanding what makes me tick, what is meaningful, what is precious, what is tender. And in doing that, letting that kind of bring me into stepping into relationship with the physical world, with my friends, with God, with devotion, and something like that. So it's both very human and very large at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I would also say for me, when I think about what is sacred to me and in general, you know, immediately my mind goes to everything that is like most dear to my heart. I think about my family. I think about the places that I love. I think about the species that I feel most connected Mm -hmm. to in the world. I think about wisdom traditions that have nourished my soul. You know, I think about these things that are close to my heart. And then kind of the next phase is that I think about some like values like the the values that I hold sacred to me. And, and, you know, to me, that is values of integrity. That is the value of, of going slow, moving at the speed of trust, things like that. You know, I, I think about my values are sacred to me and my values also help to root me and anchor me in relationship to, in healthy relationship to those things that are close to my heart that are sacred to me as well. And all of that to me is like, all deeply and inextricably connected with my relationship with the divine, you know, which, which can be called God, can be called many names. But it's, it's beautiful how, you know, when I notice for myself, my, I go to those, those human things, those, those things that I have direct interface with in this life, my husband, my dog, my home, <laughs> these things are sacred to me. And so, and my body, right. you know, so I, I want to invite you listening to just take a moment and maybe even pause. And think about and, and maybe even touch into like physically in the space around you or touch on your body, you know, put your hand on your heart. Do, do something in this moment that can help you personally connect with what is sacred to you. It always feels good. Yeah. And it can evolve. If it's like, what's sacred? What's precious? What's meaningful? What's important to you in this moment? Something to note here is that we have gone from the intensely structured and social time of the high holidays into this time which is open. And I think what it invites us to do is to step into this personal inquiry. We're not dependent on leaning on, carried by, or even inspired by the rituals and the gatherings and the social structures of the holidays. But this is a time that's quieter, that's saying, hey, bring, like, what about you? Less so, like, what is our calendar and time and tradition inviting us into? But what do you, what's, what's for you right now? What yeah. is now need for you? And it changes in different moments, but this is our month to play with that. 
Yeah, I love that. And uh, I mean, I, I know uh, a small example in both of our lives, which might seem very mundane, is that Ruth and I have both started doing some some exercise routines for uh, <laughs> nurturing our, our presence in our in our bodies in the manifestation of of creation that is ourselves and, you know, creating rituals and rhythms and and commitments that help to structure that for ourselves. And, and it takes effort, you know, it takes initiative. And it takes practicality to, to be able to do this. Before we began recording, we were, we were looking at a beautiful post that Jenna Zadaka, who Bluth brings beautifully into our Rosh Hodesh posts, shared, which is, without inspiration, we are called to generate heat from within, an arousal from below. We have to generate this motivation and this, this capacity to, 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 to create something, this creative yeah. force within us during this month, because it's not being given to us by external structures as much as other months. And it's a beautiful mm-hmm. opportunity for us then to really ask ourselves, what do I need? What systems and structures and maybe accountability do I need to prioritize what I want to prioritize? I actually find it quite liberating because it's a step. It's almost like a step within the religious structure. It's a step back, actually. And it's yeah. a step back from sort of the, the religious structures that were given in a step into creativity yeah attunement and yeah see what see what what is important to me right now and what am i going to generate right now this month yeah i love that yeah and i i really believe strongly that that it is every person's right to have their own personal connection with what is sacred to them and again with that expanded sense of of the sacred i feel very strongly <laughs> that the structures and systems of religion should exist to support each of our own personal direct relationship with what is sacred. And because of the way that our world has worked for many thousands of years, a lot of the time those systems slowly and gradually become more and more concentrated with with the power and authority focused on the institutions rather than rather than focused on the empowerment of the individual. And that's not the case all the time, but it's definitely something that we see happening and, and something that I think it's important for us to be mindful of where we, where we relate to systems of, of authority and power outside of ourselves as our primary relationship with what is sacred rather than knowing that we can access that in our own ways, in our own lives, in our own, on our own terms as well. I, I feel really strongly that, you know, we all, all of us who are alive, we have minds. We have creativity. We have hearts. We have capacity to create and, and we can use our discernment to decide, you know, what, what is it that I need to, to be taking initiative on? What do I need to create in order to live the life that I truly want to be living in order for, you know, whatever it is, my family, my life's work, my, my devotion, whatever it is to be front and center. Yeah. We can do this. And this, op- right. this, this month gives us that opportunity. You know, we went through the high holy days. We went through <sighs> that intense, powerful, transformative time. And now we have to live with ourselves. Yeah. And let's make sure that we're living with ourselves consciously. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it feels very, pra- it's, this month feels practical to me. It feels mundane in a beautiful way. I love the ordinary. <laughs> you know, it's like the, mm. the, the day to day. These are, this is like, how am I living as, a person in the world, not caught up in big theories or dogmas or anything in my mind, but just simple. You know, this is this is the 
the simple, how do we wake up? What do we want to be focusing on? In some ways, I feel like the Hebrew calendar, the religious calendar is actually giving us a chunk of time for like, I almost want to call it the the secular sacred, like mm-hmm. sacred in the whatever. We can get into a long discussion whether that is the point of religion anyways. But but what is, you know, the there's that book title called The Magic of the Ordinary. What is the the sacred that is within the mundane in how we're eating and how we're exercising, how we're rising, how we're hanging out together. It's not, yeah, it's no, no, no bigger than, than the smallest things. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, I, I want to invite you, the listener to take a moment and think about what, what came to mind before when you, or came to heart even before when you were contemplating what is sacred to you and really feel into that. And then let's take the next step, which is, Let's think about what might be needed to help support you in having a good relationship with that, an even better relationship with that moving forward. How can you use this month and beyond to really nurture that relationship? And you can pause this and 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 write down some action items if that's helpful for you, or you know, text someone and say, "Hey, I want to start doing X, Y, and Z, and would you support me with some accountability?" We really mean it when we say the practicality of it you know we really our lives require a lot of practical thinking and a lot of practical doing so just take that moment and i'm curious Bluth, if if anything's coming to mind for you as you drop into that contemplation I think health is the first thing that pops into my mind prioritizing the food that i eat and the movement that my body has that pops in it's funny it's like as a as a rabbi I feel like the pause of Cheshwan after the the holidays of Tishrei is like, hallelujah. You know, this is like, <laughs> this is, this is worthy of praise, this capacity to just say, okay, I've been busy and contemplating and praying and thinking and with family and all these glorious things. And now I just want to look at the food that I'm eating and how my body's feeling and tend to it and, yeah, treat it well yeah. and, 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 and explore the vitality and, lethargy and and that sort of thing where you know where is my energy how is it what what, what's nourishing me what's draining me can i up the vitality up the rest and minimize the stress and and that sort of thing yeah yeah i love that and that's it's really about yeah like the the basic building blocks that that support us in doing everything else so he too and it's so important to be attending to those and 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 it's really really easy to for me, at least to make that, you know, the, those, those like health self care pieces to go toward the bottom of the, of the pile when, when there's so much other really meaningful work that, right. that is, that is on my, on my plate. But they're actually the, they're very foundational. Very you know foundational. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I think about this for me personally, I definitely, I'm definitely feeling similar to you prioritizing, you know, nourishment. And exercise and the things that, that support my body and feeling as energized and as balanced as possible so that I can do everything else. It also comes to mind that I really want to create more, more effective structures and systems around my experience of Shabbat every week and really like committing to the boundaries that I really want to set for my relationship with Shabbat that sometimes mm. I let get overrided because because there's there's other things calling calling my attention and my energy and so to to center my my own prioritization again and again you know it's always a practice 
and that's something that that I I'm excited to you know declare now and to to experiment with deepening my commitment to in the month to come. Beautiful. I like that what you've just reminded us it, is that even in a calendar time without holidays, we actually do have a lot of structure that's there for support. It might be less dramatic and maybe less social, although maybe not. But between Shabbat or prayer cycles, this month isn't without its structure. So it is still there, but but maybe the focus of the month is to help us. Like what you said, allow those structures to be supportive of our personal paths right now and goals and priorities rather than sort of defaulting to them as as the medicine itself. And then in those moments, of course, we have Shabbat, which is weekly. We, we have cycles daily as well that are there to punctuate time. So even when it doesn't feel like there is excitement, there are our rhythms, there are our cycles, and those are happening. You know, we have the weekly, daily, weekly, monthly cycles that are the rhythm that's always there, that's carrying us. So this month, it's actually a nice time to turn towards those constant rhythms. So we might not have our Rosh Hashanah coming to sort of interrupt and beautifully interrupt, but we do have the rhythms of, you know, our own bodies. We have the rhythms of the moon. We have the rhythms of Shabbat that are bringing us still through cycles of rest and rejuvenation and, and action and turning inwards, turning outwards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, one one of those structures that I'm also really interested in in cultivating in my own life, which is still relatively new to me, is the the practice of modeani of the morning gratitude prayer that we are meant to say before we even open our eyes. And I'm usually woken up by my schnauzer sweetly, sweetly crowing <laughs> like a, like a rooster, um, <laughs> to wake me up. Uh, so I, I don't know if I will be able to do the fall before my eyes open kind of thing, but I've been, I've been feeling and thinking of like, how can I, uh, systematize? And prioritize this, this morning gratitude prayer in a way that doesn't just feel like it's going through the motions, but that actually, actually really works in my life and that actually accomplishes what I understand that, that prayer is for, which is turning our minds toward the divine and toward turning our minds toward gratitude before we even have space for our minds to wander into, into other things. So I've been thinking about like, you know, okay, so usually the first thing I do is, you know, I, I just, put on whatever clothes I can and I take my dog out, you know, as soon as possible. And, and so I've been feeling into, you know, maybe I, maybe I cultivate a rhythm where every step that I take as I'm walking her, I, I connect, you know, after, after connecting with the Hebrew prayer, maybe every single step I create a rhythm of looking around and finding just one word of, of something that I'm grateful for, you know, just the first generation thought, sky, sunrise, oxygen, rain life, whatever it is that, that just comes to me, neighbors, you know, you, I don't know, but allowing my mornings to be extended and infused with the spirit of gratitude, because that is something that the wisdom of, of the tradition of Judaism has, has provided for us. And then again, you know, taking it with my own discernment and my own creativity into practical application in my own life. So I'm curious, as my rabbi, how do you think about, how do you feel about that? <laughs> what, what would you, what would you say to that or, or any other creative ways that people might be seeking to yeah. uh, structure their lives? Well, first of all, I'm just sort of chuckling here that the whole premise of this month, as I like take a minute 
I, I like as we talk about it, I'm like, oh my god, there there is actually so much structure that remains in a sort of constant way. So first of all, I'm just laughing at this whole premise premise of it's not that spacious. It is spacious. <laughs> To create and and I love what you're saying that we actually have like stimuli all around us that that can be our meditation or that can draw attention. So that could be yes, modani, like a prayer that you say upon rising, and that can also be I'm going to look around and find beauty. I'm going to count five beautiful things. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to breathe my breaths. Like that is happening within and around us all the time. But the other thing that I think of, so modani, of course, is so beautiful, and we. We rise with the word of gratitude, right? It's mode ani. It's not even ani mode. It's not I am grateful, but it's like grateful am I. And so we begin, we wake up from our slumber with a sense of gratitude. And then I'm reminded in Orhaim in the Shulchan Aruf, which is the like compilation of Jewish law as it's practiced more or less, which I haven't been excited about for a while. But once <laughs> I was obsessed with it right now, I actually feel that excitement return. There's a whole, like, there's a whole section of the Shulchan Aruf, which is all about how to wake up in the morning. And it's super detailed. I love it. I recommend anyone, you know, we'll, we'll give a, a link to the Safaria version of the Shulchan Aruf of Orachayim, which is the, the laws on living and specifically, you know, has a section on the laws of waking. Also, Rabbi Nachman, there's a, there's a breastlobe. Reb Nussan has an interpretation of all of these things. So you can get like very, very, very Hasidic spiritual interpretations of these small sort of legalistic comments. What it says. So yes, yeah, so if we're, we're rising with gratitude, but, but what the Shulchan Aruf tells us and how we are waking up is it says that we are told to which means we are invited to rise to like how do we wake up we wake up like a lion that's what it's mm. saying ari is a lion and say like rise up strengthen yourself fortify yourself whatever the way you are rising is like a lion and like a lion that is emerging in order to serve its creator you know in order to praise and to be in service of the creator so we're simply told to wake up like a lion, wake up with energy, wake up with vitality, wake, wake up with a sense of royalty and our own power, really. So we wake up with gratitude and a lioness And so, you know, and then we are, if we want to lean into the legalistic things for, you know, the blessings, if we want to bless our day and all that kind of stuff, go ahead. But otherwise, just carrying that, I think, starting the day with gratitude and with the power of a lion, I think is pretty cool. I love that. I love that so much. And I mean, lions carry so much power. You know, there's so much, so much myth and imagery and significance to that. And I, and I just, I love, I love that image. And I love just even just in, envisioning, you know, just the, the, the strong, powerful, you know, golden body of a lion as something to connect with that, that in itself is energizing. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and I, I, I love the idea of, I want to actually kind of nurture that imagery in somehow in my, in my waking moments to, to really like allow that to anchor. Cause I, I feel like that's even better than a cup of coffee, you know, like just connecting with that instruction and that guidance and that invitation. And that, that again feels so empowering. And I think that's, that's a really big, element of what we're talking about here is 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 feeling empowered to take on our lives to take on our days to take on to take responsibility for for what we can respond to what we are able to respond to you know that's my i love breaking down the term responsibility to what can you respond to what do you actually have the power to respond to 
it makes it pretty simple. Love to the listeners. What about what about you guys? What are the the daily commitments for this month that you have? Maybe it's how you rise. Maybe it's how you watch. Or maybe it's how you walk. How you eat. What are the the things and the ways um, that will strengthen your your lives, your vitality, your and I also I know that sometimes answering that kind of a question on our own can feel can feel daunting and can feel like, you know, well, I'm not I maybe I know what I want to prioritize, but I don't have the guidance or the the support to know that I'm doing it well. And so not really knowing where to start. And what I want to share with you all is uh, something that's really, really exciting that Bluth and I and the whole team at Living Jewishly have been working on this entire year is something that we're getting ready to invite you to, a community, a learning community that we are creating that is called the School of Living Jewishly. And like an actual school, we want it to be a place where you can make friends <laughs> and uh, not only have the support of of good guidance from from people who you can really trust to guide you well, but also to have a sense of community and a sense of an opportunity to connect with peers. Those of you who listen to this podcast and connect with us in this way, we're really excited to not only have an opportunity to to share more with you, but to hear your voices and to be in community with you and to to experiment and learn together and to really get to know you. And, you know, this is what what's happening now. What's happening in a podcast is, you know, it's like it's an audience. You know, if you're listening to this, then we we recorded this. You're listening in the future. You're hearing and receiving from us. But we want we want to break that that fourth wall of of the audience and we want to welcome you to be a part of community with us. It's yeah. Learning about Jewish living and learning for you. I love that. And yeah, I, I'm curious what excites you about, about the School of Living Jewishly? Cause this might, this is going to be the first time that anyone's hearing about it. We're talking about it publicly for the first time this right is a now. Soft, this a soft launch. Very to whoever, soft. To whoever is listening on this podcast, this is our soft <laughs> launch for something that is so precious. If we're talking about what's precious to us, I would say yeah. that building out this, this platform, this community, this learning experience is, is very dear to us. And I'm excited for, ooh, well, one thing is just foundational Jewish learning, creating a space where we can be learning together, regardless of your background, very foundational Judaism. Like, what is it? But what is it? What is it in relationship to your life? I think that's the question that we're asking. What are the tools, the knowledge, the wisdom that you need and want in order to make your own Jewish life, your own Jewish decisions. And so I'm excited for the, that sort of the, the foundation of all of that. And, and beyond that, for learning, learning Jewishly around different stages of life, you know, over time having life cycle learning and stuff like that. So we, we hope to, to, to create something into the world and into the Jewish learning space that is going to be unlike anything that actually exists out there and is going to grow and develop and hopefully be really impactful to what it means to be a human today with the particular lens of Judaism and with the teacher of Judaism. So I don't know. That's what I'm excited about. What yeah. about you, Gagadevi? <laughs> well, one of the things that excites me so much is that you and I uh, and a really amazing, amazing, amazing team that feels like family have been have been building this from scratch all together. And, you know, our our hearts and souls and and time and devotion have have created what 
what the School of Living Jewishly is. And, and also what excites me as well is that, you know, we're, we're creating the foundations. We're creating the structures. We're creating lessons. We're creating opportunities to connect. And we're also creating opportunities for you, the audience that we hope will become a community to take initiative and to, to contribute yourselves. And, and we're going to be creating a lot of opportunities for further courses to be developed with, with people from across the spectrum of Jewish experience and expertise, as Ruth was saying, with life cycle courses, you know, for whatever life stage you're going through, we want to create something that can really meaningfully support you in in feeling so good about how you are approaching that life change. And Judaism offers us so much wisdom and so much guidance and also and also like amazing templates that there can be flexibility within. You know, that's one of the things that I love about Judaism so much is the emphasis on question and learning and challenging. And I'm personally, you know, I, I was thinking about this today. I was like, I'm helping to create this. I'm directing the creation of this. And I'm such a student. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still just a student. So I'm creating the thing that I want for me. You know, I'm creating the, the kind of environment that is soft and nourishing and safe and supportive and curious and innovative where, where I and people who are like me and people who are nothing like me can come together and we can, we can learn and grow together. Right. And I was going to say, not only are you also a student, but I would say that everyone will be in, invited in some ways into, I don't know if teacher is the right word. I don't know that I even like that word teacher, but sharers and guiders, picking <laughs> up words now for each other. And what I will say to anyone who's still listening now to us get very, very excited <laughs> about this is that Gangadevi and I are both like pretty geeky in a few topics. And I would say like religion and social care and systems design and educational design and sort of, I don't know, innovative, revolutionary ways to be learning and designing our systems in the world and systems of education and stuff like that. And, you know, God willing, the School of Living Jewishly is going to be the manifestation of our geekiness in that, <laughs> along with Dr. Elliot Malavit and Rabbi Yossi and a whole crew, you know, of people who are contributing to the school of living Jewishly. So anyways, if that wasn't a good soft launch, I don't know what was. <laughs> we are excited to welcome you in within the next bunch of months. And we are always open to hearing your excitement and your feedback and your thoughts from the podcast itself to be on. And, you know, feel free to make yourselves known, especially as we transition from being what we are now to what we're becoming, which is expanding our community. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to to create with you, Luth, and I'm so excited to be creating with everyone who is listening to this right now. So many people who we've never encountered before and so many people who are really dear to our hearts. Great. Yeah. <sighs> well, happy Cheshman. <laughs> yeah, keep us posted how you are sort of serving your own work in this month, what it means to you, how you're how you're tending to what's sacred for you. Yeah, um, we'd love to hear. Yeah. And if you're not already on the Living Jewishly newsletter or social media channels, that is the most the most assured way as well as listening to this podcast that you can hear about the updates for the School of Living Jewishly. So we will look forward Great. to connecting with you then. Great. Okie doke. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Living Jewishly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps more people like you find our show so that we can continue to grow the Living Jewishly community together. You can find us at livingjewishly.org 
and on YouTube and Instagram. Living Jewishly is living well with everyone.